0: What's up, Surf Splendor fans, welcome back to the show after a three-week hiatus. um, David Scales here, your host as always, and wanted to just um, bring you up to speed. I was out of town for the last three weeks and intended actually to post a couple of episodes while I was gone, and it just became very impractical. Um, I was out of town for work. I was in Europe and, I mean, was running long days, and by the time I'd make it back to the hotel... It's like I had to spend time on the computer checking email and doing kind of, um, you know, priority things. And there was just no chance that I was going to get around to doing um, additional work and this. And so I kind of acquiesced after a day or two and just threw in the towel and was like, look, I want to enjoy some of this trip. I want to have an extra glass of wine at dinner and not have to worry about rushing back to the room To sort this out. Or maybe it was just coffee even in the morning, you know, and um, be able to kind of just, again, be a part of the trip and not have to sit in the hotel room on the computer for extended periods of time. So I apologize for leaving you hanging. But for me personally, it was the right choice. So I know that you understand. But I'm thrilled to be back. I did miss it. And um, so much happened in terms of surf news while I was gone. Um, Actually, while I was there, there was the quicksilver pro france and then of course the rip curl event in portugal so um we discuss some of that stuff in this show as well as plenty of other stuff so um glad to be back like i said and uh we'll get right back on track here so thanks for tuning in thanks for bearing with us the last couple of weeks and um again anything that you want to see in reference to this episode videos that we talk about you know where to find it it's on surf splendor podcast.com i had I don't know some social media some comment somewhere um somebody saying they want to listen to archived episodes but they can only find it on the podcasting app up until a certain date and that is true podcasting apps only archive the last 50 episodes we have everything prior to that on com. so if you want to find any of that stuff that's where you get it um I think that's it. If you do follow us or want to chime in on social media, it's at Surf Splendor on Instagram and Twitter, and then Facebook, you know, .com forward slash Surf Splendor. So thanks. Enjoy the show. I'll be back at the end to sign us off. Something has gone wrong Play me first as long as we open up our eyes Why do we justify these foolish who are burning All what's good and right if we don't wake up soon This burden will be
1: Yeah, guy. Welcome back, everybody. Down the line, Surf Talk Radio. We've been out of the airwaves for about a month, and we're back now. David Lee Scales, Scott Bass here with you. David, good morning. So
0: thrilled to be back, man. That was a... Yeah, it's been quite a hiatus. A hiatus. I got a lot of flack for it online. I did from too. People. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's a good news. Like we have listeners.
0: Apparently so. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of it was positive, actually. Like, hey man, I hope you guys aren't losing steam. You know. And then, but a couple of it was straight out uh, oh, insulting. Yeah. Oh yeah. really? Insulting? Like yeah. how? Like hey dudes, you guys are slackers. Oh right. I'm like really. I feel like we've been producing free content for years on end on a weekly basis. Not quite the definition of slacker
1: and I've just been blaming you. I've been like, yeah, David's on vacation, I'm ready to go, but
0: And not even (laughs) vacation. And I was putting in like fifty plus hour weeks, probably sixty hour weeks while I was gone. Oh
1: my god, cry me a river. Anyway, yeah, I've (laughs) just been going you know what, I'm waiting I'm sitting here waiting for David to get his act together.
0: I I'm finally pulled my act together and here we are. Once again, reunited, and it feels so good.
1: It's November 4th, 2015. Um, I I played some music. It's still playing in the background. Without looking, any idea? No clue. What pro surfer this is? Oh, Timmy Curran there. Yeah, Tim Curran. I mean, the voice sounded
0: so familiar, but when you said pro surfer, then it banged Tim Curran. It's
1: actually not bad. It's just like really kind of like all of the songs seem to be just kind of like black and dark and gothic like he's going through some sort of cancer treatment or something.
0: Mm. I thought you were going to say they all sound kind of similar to one another and nah. I was going to say Jack Johnson's built a really
1: successful career on that. And I think a lot of musicians generally sound sim- you know the same.
0: Like but- every Jack Johnson album sounds exactly the same <laughs> from beginning to end and it's fine and I like it and no matter what station you play on Pandora they put one of his songs into it. You know, it could be Dolly Parton or Red Hot Chili Peppers. Right. A Jack Johnson song.
1: That's pretty cool that he can cover all of those does. genres. Yeah,
0: people love it. So last night, I, I literally flew in yesterday from um, London. Yes. Uh, less than 24 hours ago, actually. But So I woke up in the middle of the night just because of the time change and watched Netflix documentary at 1.30 in the morning, which was Glenn Campbell's documentary. Oh,
1: that's really good. It's, sad, huh?
0: Yeah, it's called I'll, I'll Be Here. And it is super sad. It yeah. documents the kind of
1: he goes into Alzheimer's. Yeah, the, the, the fall into progression of Alzheimer's yeah. disease. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, I've seen bits and pieces of it. It's really well done. The sad part is, is that everyone's sad around him, but he's not sad because he doesn't even right. like realize that he's falling into Alzheimer's. Right? He is, and and he he loses his mind and his sense of like where he's at memory. or whatever memory. Amazingly, when he's on stage, he can play songs and it's all like clicks. It's crazy. He's like a prolific guitar player
0: playing songs and remembering lyrics. He forgets some lyrics at some points, but for the most part, plays two hours worth of music like at a virtuoso level. Crazy.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's pretty amazing. That was the neat part I remember of the documentary is that, that there's sort of like two characters here, you know? Yeah.
0: I I literally, like, teared up
1: multiple times
0: watching it. Oh, yeah.
1: No, it's a full-on tear jerk Because
0: his kids are on stage with him. Yeah, they his daughter. Play. Right. His wife's by his side through it all. Yeah. You know, it's like... But I mean, it's really good. I didn't really know anything about Glenn Campbell previously. Oh, yeah.
1: Glenn Campbell, man, in the seventies.
0: Yeah, he was the he was man. A big,
1: he was the big country guy.
0: Played with Elvis. Played with Stevie. Played with like all Stevie Wonder. Yeah, um, all uh, Frank Sinatra. He had his Beach own Boys TV album. show.
1: He had like a um, what do you call those shows? Like a variety. Variety. Hour. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, variety hour. Glenn Campbell hour or whatever. Crazy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's recommended. All right. That's Must a must-see moment. All right. So um, anyway, I. Just a quick overview of where I spent three weeks. I was in Spain, France, Portugal during the events, the contests, and then most recently England. Um, I'll just cover bullet points.
1: Por- yes, Portugal. Have you been for surfing? I have been to Portugal, yeah, to surf, and I have surfed there. Did you have a good experience? Um, yeah, it was. I was sailing on a. I was working on a sailboat, okay. and so I didn't. I wasn't land based, and it wasn't my main objective to surf. Like surfing was a side note to what I was doing there, and um, I do remember surfing fun waves off of a jetty with a boogie boarder, Hmm. and um, and that was about it. It's amazing. Yeah, it's seriously. It's it's like California in 1930. That's
0: a great way of putting it. Yeah, like the waves were pumping. People are super nice. It's super inexpensive as compared to the rest of Europe, and obviously the euro is uh, way down right now, so that's favorable for Americans. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I couldn't believe how much variety in surf there is. Yeah. Within a relatively small area, it's all super accessible. These highways that they built in the last few years are just like gorgeous, and people can't really afford to drive on them, you know, because. <laughs> Because it's a low-income and area, and yeah. you have to pay, obviously, tolls. So it's like these giant, beautiful highways. You can get places really quickly and easily. Oh, no traffic true. at all. Food was unbelievable. Food's good, yeah. It was amazing. Like, I fell in love
1: with Liz it. Lisboa. Did you go to Lisboa?
0: I did. I spent a couple nights there. Yeah. My car got broken into.
1: Oh, well, that's a good story. It's fun.
0: Um, so Portugal, and then the most recent, the last leg of the trip I spent in Cornwall,
1: mm-hmm. England. Yeah.
0: Unbelievably beautiful.
1: Were you a star there? Do people were people like David Lee Scales is no. in town? <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, down strip have, Talk Radio.
0: We do have listeners there. I know we do for sure. Yeah. But I did not advertise, other than a couple of things we said on here. um But I could not believe how beautiful that region of the world was is, and again, great waves, a lot of different direction facing coastlines. So it's like you can be south-facing and then 20 minutes later north-facing and west like yeah it's a lot of variety and the waves are good the whole time i was there and it was like great winds it was a little chilly but it's actually warm for them like 55 56 degree water fahrenheit for mm. us um which is the coldest it gets around here in the winter time but for them it was warm um but great waves cool great waves yeah. beautiful rugged coastline yeah
1: mediterranean like, climate yeah very much like southern california yeah but without all the people and and better better setups super beautiful yes super beautiful super beautiful yeah and tons of culture
0: centuries and
1: centuries of culture definitely not like jack-in-the-box with
0: you know the cultural wasteland that we live in (laughs) 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 planned communities everything's laid out on a 90 degree angle grid
1: exactly like
0: Yeah, it's easier to navigate here. Birch
1: Birch View Drive.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All these
1: planned communities. Yeah, well, I'm stoked that you had a good time in Portugal. And um, how's your Portuguese? Non existent. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I got a bit of Spanish, no French, and my English is okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sign language. So I got along a lot better in England than those other places but dude we got i mean there's so much that happened in surfing while we were gone let me read an email
1: yeah let's do i got i've got a bunch of emails i mean we've been gone a month so we got slammed with emails like where are you guys what's going on um teddy allen sends an email to us and he says hey first of all he says yeah guy you really need to draw out the yeah guy these days my girlfriend and i laugh hysterically when you exaggerate your yeah guy
0: you have not exaggerated it enough I, I agree meet, with Teddy Allen.
1: Yeah, guy. Yeah, guy. What's up, Teddy and wifey? Or girlfriend, excuse me. Uh, Teddy says yeah, a Teddy, lot.
0: Get with it, dude. Why don't you propose to her?
1: <laughs> Jeez oh my God. Anyway, Teddy says, um, he says a lot, but I'll just boil down some of his email here, which I think is pretty interesting. He says, I have a final suggestion about something that's been bothering me for years now. Could we please stop using the term free surfing? instead simply replace it with professional non-competition surfing
0: <laughs> that rolls off the tongue teddy good good advice
1: teddy says i about barfed when i heard coloe say that he was going on a free surf isn't that what we all do when we're not competing why is it acceptable for someone like Kaloe to say he's going on a free surf but for someone like myself a non-competition surfer to say i'm paddling out on a free surf is just lame so i suggest that you have all professional surfers under one umbrella, and under that umbrella have professional competition and professional non-competition surfers, both of whom are still professional surfers. The rest of us, about 99% of the world surfers, then are just regular surfers. How can somebody say free surfing with a straight face? It sounds so corporate. Yeah. Pretty good take. I, I, I get where you're going, Teddy. We need a new term for sure. I agree. Yeah, it's all quite, quite confusing.
0: It's just I'm going surfing. for a free surf. There should just be surfing and then competition surfing. Right. Those are the two. Right. You know? Everything that's not competition surfing, even what Dane's doing, is just surfing.
1: He's just surfing, but he's getting paid for it.
0: Well, like that's, these, that's a conversation topic later in the show. These we free, got numbers.
1: free surfers that – are these professional surfers, I should say, that, that are free surfers. Yeah. <laughs> It is quite confusing. It's very confusing.
0: And there's a lot of layers within professional non-competition surfing. Because you got what Dane's doing on one end. you got Joel Tudor on the other end. And there's a lot of variation in between.
1: First of all, we need to determine what is a professional surfer.
0: If you get paid for surfing on a surfboard, that is a...
1: I would suggest to you, perhaps that's it. But maybe we go a little deeper and we say, if you can make a living, if you're making your living by getting paid to surf then you're a professional surfer. That's what I just said. No, you said if you get What my concern is there's guys that like make a few bucks here and there and then also park cars or valet you know valet parkers or whatever. I see. So I'm saying if you're a full-time gig if you can pay all your bills and do everything you need to do by getting paid to surf then you're a professional surfer.
0: Agreed. Yeah. You, you, so how do we sum all day. that how do
1: we sum all that up in one simple term? We don't. You're either a professional surfer or you're a wannabe.
0: Yeah. I don't know, man. These are the dense topics that only a podcast can really
1: <laughs> dissect. The five layers of professional surfing.
0: Speaking of uh non-competing, earning a living at professional surfers, I saw Greg Long at LAX yesterday in Baggage claim. Oh yeah. Well, he was in France when I was there. At Hossiger it was like literally as big and as perfect as it gets. Wow. Like 10 foot toe in that flawless insane. barrels. Yeah. It was insane. So he actually posted an Instagram or two of it um, that you can see. I'll repost it. Surf Splendor There's podcast. There's been a
1: podcast. lot of great, um, you know, social media uh, edits and photos and stuff that have come out from Europe while you were away. Yeah, you know, While the, I was there. Uh, Nazir, you know, all these different. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I guess we could segue into the Portugal event a little bit because Part of the problem with the WSL event in Portugal is that there was a lot of spots going off right around and near the contest site, but they they were kind of hemming and hawing about moving the contest site because the structure itself and yeah. the infrastructure was so great that moving it just a few hundred yards seemed like a like a pain in the butt, you know?
0: Assuming that the waves would turn on where the contest site was, right. which they didn't, really. But the other thing is it's called the... Um, you know, the Panish and Kaskiish Pro, meaning that they have two sites that they can run it at, but those sites are an hour's drive away from one another, you know? Yeah. So I don't know the practicality of actually rushing down to Kaskiish to set up the event there, unless that's just a totally different swell direction window. And if one is completely off, the other will be on and you go all one or all the other not one day at one and one day at the other Yeah, maybe that's what the plan was but I agree with you it is kind of disheartening to have them call a lay day and then when you go to bed at night you pull up the internet and you see all the free surfs from the day 30 minutes away where the waves were pumping Yeah, and you go well why didn't they run the comp there you know Yeah. so I'm not sure
1: there was some definitely some you know internet fodder in that regard just you know on that topic like gosh you know even the pro surfers were sort of putting out some tweets and stuff where they were frustrated.
0: Oh, the waves are pumping all around yeah, Panish, right. all around Super Tubos, everywhere that they weren't. Yeah. Um, even Seabass, I know, did a little edit and posted a couple things about all the pro. He found a spot that he surfed all by himself. He got barreled for four hours straight and like perfect six-foot barrels for four hours straight. And he goes, and there were A-list pros five minutes up the beach from me surfing a crowded break altogether. I just walked down the beach five minutes and got waves by myself and they were perfect he's like I was tripping you know? yeah, cool. and that's the way that coastline is like yeah. there's waves everywhere
1: that's cool well we're just the Portuguese Chamber of Commerce take note David and I are pro Portugal yeah and uh, speaking of that I've been getting some flack for being anti-Brazilian um, just justfully I think <laughs> <laughs> justifiably <laughs> No, what, my, what I am really is I'm anti-Gabe Medina. So I, you know, <laughs> Gabe did that incredible um, aerial 360, I don't even know what it's called, right? In the, was it that the France event? Yeah. In he like did round it, three at, or something? Yeah, like, okay. Where he got a 10 and it was mind-blowing. And then, But the big to-do was his claim afterwards. He went into this Gorilla Jesus claim then to a uh, all that is man pose, right? And I put this thing out on Instagram. I don't know if you saw it. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, and and some people were like chiming, like, "How come you're so anti-Brazilian?" And let me just say that I'm not necessarily anti-Brazilian. What I am is an American, a United States of an Amer- of America citizen. So I'm for the USA, and I'm for the guys that are surfing for the USA. So I'm f- I'm pro USA. And I'm against Australians beating Americans. I'm against Hawaiians beating Americans. I'm against Brazilians beating Americans. I'm against Portuguese. You know, I'm against anybody but the USA. I, I, I wear the, the flag proudly. I know, David, that you don't. Now, it may also <laughs> come off that I'm more anti-Brazilian than I, am more, than I am anti-Australian, and that probably is true, too. That is totally true.
0: Yeah. Because you don't spend any of your energy
1: talking crap about Mick Fanning. Or Julian Wilson. Well, I only talk crap about Gabe Medina because he's my dark hat. Although, I did go on a surf trip where there was a boatload of Brazilians which were a pain in the ass and we talked about that at length. I, for the record, I'm sure there's a bunch of great Brazilians out there. I'm not anti Brazilian, so to speak. I don't mean to throw some massive generalization over the nation of Brazil. Okay, they well, have beautiful women. They have great soccer. They have great surfing. They have great culture. I'm, and I'm a big fan of Italian Ferrari. Yeah, and of Wiggly Dantas. Yeah, and a little bit of Felipe. How I do you like feel his, about
0: Adriana de Souza.
1: I I love his workmanlike attitude, but okay. I don't like his surfing style. It has nothing to do with the flag that he wears. Yeah, he you know. Okay, we've spoken at length about Adriano Bronco de Souza. We have.
0: I'm just, I, I think that some of the commenters that have said that you hate Brazil are taking it a little too extreme. That you don't hate Brazil as a whole. But I definitely understand where they're yes, coming there is from a Brazilian, because you do, sure. you do feel more animosity towards Brazilian surfers than you do towards Australian surfers.
1: Absolutely. That's so, that's a fair statement. Yeah. I have more animosity towards Brazilian surfers than I do, and that's because of my experiences over the past 35 years. Well, I think if I can make my personal assessment of it, I would say that
0: it's just that the Brazilian stereotype – Conflicts with uh, of kind of their persona and personality conflicts with your sensibility. The brashness offends your sensibility. Is what it is. Yes. It's kind of like you exactly. would you would prefer a mild mannered surfer who's lets the surfing do the talking, whereas yeah, the we stereo- call it, we call it classy.
1: Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah, that's how I feel like you feel about it,
0: and I actually feel the
1: same way as. Me. And Italian Ferrari did that insane aerial in the final. And did you see how classy he rode out of that wave? Totally. And so that's where and I about. and I put a thing on Instagram. I'm like, look, I didn't say look at the difference between Gabe, but I was kind of saying, look at this incredible final between Felipe, another classy surfer, and Italian Ferrari. These guys are like pushing performance levels in this final. It was pretty mind blowing. <laughs> mind blowing. And. and and they were doing it with class. They weren't like, "Look at me," you yeah. know, like, "Uh, you know, not only, you know, that's the thing that I, I'm sort of anti." And I, I'm anti that no matter what flag you wear. Well, let's throw out a couple of reference points. Actually, is it so wrong to be
0: classy, David? I think it's a, a trait. It's a virtue. Yes, thank
1: you. I mean, look uh,
0: at <laughs> the Dos <Equis> guy. <laughs> so, uh, let's a couple of reference points, yes, other sir. cultures that we can throw into this conversation. Yes, sir. John John Florence, Hawaiian, classy. Uh, well. You say that, but when he stomped that massive alley-oop at Karamas two years ago, he claimed it.
1: Look, I'm Julian not, I'm not anti-claim. First of all, Julie I'm not Will- anti-claim. What I am anti is a like thought-out... I mean, if you're doing two claims, like that's a problem. Like I'm okay with like... So you're
0: okay with one claim, but what, not, what that's,
1: your, that's your what offensive o- no, line? No, no, no. What I'm okay with is spontaneous... Um, excitement, like I get it, but I think when you're going from one massive three-second claim to then another pose, like that's kind of like I think he I was prefer you, it. I prefer you go Walter Payton, like you've been in the end zone before, and you just put the ball down in the end zone and you jog to the sidelines, like you're going to do it again in five minutes anyway. So what's the big deal?
0: Yeah. Well, I think. Gabriel, in that instance, that was a sincere claim. He needed a score. Time was winding down. He got the right, boosted the sickest air ever, and then claimed it. It was like, I need this score. I need to make this heat. My world title hopes are on the line.
1: There's probably it, a it, lot of truth to that. I would, I would, I, there might, there might have been. I'm not saying that his claim wasn't sincere. It certainly seemed sincere. It just seemed like there could have been, um, he could have tamed it a little. He could have thought, a, he could have, you know, he, if he a little bit of forethought like did he have to claim that heavily i guess
0: i don't know if he's feeling it that much then how do you argue against it you know i mean if it if it is sincere cuz i agree with you i'm against claiming for the score if you're claiming cuz you think it's going to add an extra 0.5 to your score Yeah. And then
1: you claim down low or they go,
0: whatever. Yeah. Or you just know that you need a five, five and you think you got a five. So you're claiming it to act like the waves better than it is. Yeah. I'm against that. But when you see Kai Otten get blown out of a barrel and he just throws his head back going like, "Oh my God, and I say Kai, because I've seen him get tens doing that at Cloudbreaker or or wherever. And he comes out and you're, he's sincerely shocked that he made that wave. Yeah. Well, you can't argue with that. No. And he's gonna get a ten either way, so who cares if he claims it or not, you know? And so but I feel like um when they but that's a
1: different claim than the look at me claim because the, the Gabby claim was like Gorilla Jesus like throwing his you know, his arms out like he's being crucified, and then to the hands on the hips pushing out the chest, chin in the air. I agree. That's kind of over the top. And
0: I'm not advocating for it because I did think that was egregious as well. But I felt – I mean, maybe – I say it's sincere. Maybe he sincerely got that much bravado.
1: By the way, there's people dying in Syria and we're talking about Brazilian surfers claiming. (laughs) So this is a quality problem we have on this podcast. (laughs) I
0: think, hey, I sincerely care about claiming, so – that's I'm claiming that.
1: All right, fair enough. Well,
0: um, they did a great interview with Sippo after he made a couple heats on the morning show. They interviewed him about his thoughts on claiming because Peter King had done a tour notes about it and Sippo said some funny stuff as he does. So they interviewed him and he's like, you know, I think it's okay, you know, if you're getting a 10, because those guys, Gabby and Felipe, they're busting 10s regularly. Like, who's to blame them when they're claiming because they're incredible? But you shouldn't be claiming for the five five when you get the when you need a five or whatever he said about low yep. score claims. Well, then the very next day, he surfed in his quarterfinal heat against Tiago uh, or Frederico Maris and needed a th- three point seven or something, surfed a wave at the end. Got a four and claimed it hard. (laughs) So, like, what he was talking about on the on the broadcast shaming, he went out and did the very next day. And then when Chelsea Cannell was interviewing him in the post heat interview, she called him out on it, and he was kind of ashamed. But he was like, "Dude, I needed the score, and I just, I don't know, it just happened, you know."
1: Yeah, but it was funny. Well, Simpo, interesting, right? He was sort of a he was sort of that wild card in the sense that he was taking guys out. Like he was he was going up against guys. Yeah and, and and you know putting world title contenders out of out of the deal. He's the guy
0: who underperforms constantly for years actually and barely gets back onto the tour at the end of the season, oftentimes with QS results. And here he is yet again for probably the fourth year in a row not requalifying. And then I, I think he was in like literally last position, 34th or whatever. And then I just looked at his ranking last night and he's in 23rd or 24th so he's, he's right like there. he's right there again another year he, of might, Simpo. <laughs> he might get back on tour but i mean here's the real deal is we all see sippo surf and free surf oh free surfs in non-competition uh situations uh recreational surfing just, <laughs> just call just it surfing without a jersey on we all see him surfing outside of competition and we know that he rips and he's a world-class surfer. And then we watch him surface heats and he can't put together two sixes and it's super frustrating. So it's nice to see him actually executing and getting a couple eights on the board because he can,
1: you know, you, you almost get the feeling like he's at that place where he's like, oh, well, this is a lost season. So what have I got to lose? And there's a lot of stress and pressure that's not on him anymore. Right. right. And he's now he's performing because of the lack of pressure. I know. Which is what? Proof that maybe he shouldn't be on tour if he can't perform under pressure. It's a good point. It's definitely an arguable point. I, I'm I'm glad
0: to see him perform. I love Sippo. We all love his personality. I really like his style of surfing, so I'm glad to see him make heats.
1: Yeah. Well he's a nice gentleman. I mean he's a nice person. You know, like you probably can't find a nicer person on tour. Yeah. Although there are a lot of nice people out there on tour. And but he's same, a great character he's, too. Yeah, he is. So that's about an, enough. Zippo talk. I don't think we can do much more.
0: Well, I got a, I got a couple comments. We um, obviously had the France event as well. The most recent one was the Portugal event. I'm looking at this Felipe-Italo final. Yeah. I I can't help but feel like Felipe gets underscored. As many 10s as that guy gets and 9s, I can't help but feel like the guy gets underscored. When you look at his first big score in that heat, it was a 9-3-3 yeah, three, three or that something. Yeah, was underscored. It was nuts. He does yeah. one sick air. I know. Goes straight into a bottom turn and then does the gnarliest full rotation air that's so boned out and like it's so technical, but we've seen him do it so many times that we expect it from him. And I feel like if it was the first time we saw it, that would have been scored a 10, no doubt. And if it was actually somebody else doing it, if it was Kelly doing it, if it was Julian, if it was anybody else, it would have gotten a 10. But because it's Felipe, we've seen him do it before, he gets the 93. And then he ripped two or three more turns on that wave. And then Idolo, he does the big spin and gets a big, a bigger score. But I'm like, Idolo's was only one one maneuver.
1: The 10 that he got? Yeah. That
0: everyone was screaming about? Yeah. And I feel like Felipe's air was almost as radical as Idolo's. Plus, Felipe did another one. And he did two other turns on that wave so it was four turns one of which
1: was worth the nine points alone Like, I know what you mean the, the judges are they've got their backs up against the wall frankly I, I think that they almost need January and f- part of February to undergo training for the, what they're seeing now like this stuff that we saw in the Portugal final was I don't know would you say it was unprecedented the amount of incredible aerials that these guys were putting up i mean it is it's almost you could almost say that they they both got perfect 20s they did it was spectacular yeah and it brings
0: about another point that we talked about earlier in the season which is just i think the best surfing in the world is taking place on the world tour yeah
1: i guess you know under the Constraints of the subjective. Not even. I think those well, are the all, best we airs we've seen. We don't know what's happening we out do. around the We rest.
0: see footage, we see Instagrams, we see other people putting out edits all the time. I
1: don't and know. Clay like, Marzo puts out some stuff that's okay. pretty mind blowing. I
0: agree. I agree with that. And but I don't see, think
1: Clay would do that with the jersey on, though.
0: No, and that's a different topic. I think, though, spe- like literally. Staff. Jersey or no Jersey, best surfing ever. <SSSSSSSSSK>. That's the best air we've seen in a long time.
1: The Italo one,
0: <SSSR> yeah, yeah, that was crazy. I know. And then when it comes to like the Cloudbreak event, when we were watching Owen Wright get perfect twenties, that was mental. Like I haven't seen anybody get barreled and do those types of combos anywhere outside the tour. You're like, that's as good as it gets. Even when big swell comes to Cloudbreak and guys are recreationally surfing it, they're not surfing as well as Owen did in those in that event well just
1: to temper your statement a little bit i'll say this we we can say confidently right david that the surfing we're seeing on tour is on par with the best surfing that could be happening and that we do see in social media edits and around the internet and all that it's for sure at the very least as good as if not better than i don't need to temper this at all okay
0: okay Right. I think this is the greatest surfing we're seeing. All right. I'm going to stake that claim.
1: All right. I'll temper it. <laughs> Tempura. <laughs> Tempura.
0: So anyway, that's what I got to say about Portugal. It, it shakes up the world title race, by the way, because first of all, we didn't even discuss the wild cards that upset everybody. I mean, that was incredible. Um, the wild cards for the event took out a bunch of the world, the front running World title contenders, Mick Fanning, Adriano. So it left a big opening for some of the other world title contenders. Um, but I'll give you a quick rundown of the world title scenarios. Mick Fanning's in first place. Adriano's in second. If Mick wins pipeline, he'll clinch the world title. If he finishes second, Adriano would need to win the event or Felipe actually could win the event to win the world title. Um, If Mick finishes third, Adriano needs to finish second, Felipe third. So it's kind of like gets into the thing where wherever Mick finishes, the top contenders need to finish at least one place better than him. Right. Um, If Mick finishes fifth, then Gabriel has a chance in addition to Felipe and Adriano. But he would need to win. If Mick finishes ninth, uh, actually those guys still need to finish first, fifth, and ninth. And then if Mick actually gets last place, Owen Wright and Julian Wilson have an opportunity, but they would need to win the event. So they're technically in it. Kelly's out. It's basically Mick, Owen, Julian, Gabriel, and then Adriano and Felipe actually are close in second and
1: third. And Kelly can play that spoiler role, right? Oh my gosh, for sure. One of the best, if not the best, pipeline surfers ever that can come into the event. And have a chip on his shoulder for sure, and go out there and maybe do some damage and and help one of his friends move further along, possibly to a world title.
0: Yeah, and I think the biggest spoiler in that event is John
1: John. Right, another pipe specialist. That yeah. So I mean, you could see Kelly Slater, John John final. Oh yeah. Easy. And what happened in the quarterfinals will have decided the world title. Yeah. So. I've got an email here from Earl Holt, who's a longtime listener of the show. And uh, he's blown away. Last time we were on the air, David, you didn't know what Birdwell Beach Bridges were. And he's absolutely blown away. And Earl sends this email. He says, I'm listening to the latest podcast. Oh, my God. No words. Has Scales ever had baggy rash? Lots of laugh. LOL. I got and I've 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 oh brought God. you a Birdwell Beach Bridges sticker. By the way, wow. Birdwells have been around since the 60s. Wow. Um, <laughs> uh,
0: thank you for that. I'll put this proudly on my bumper of my car. Dude, I got so much
1: flack for that, by the way. Like no yeah, You no, should be get getting flack for that. That's that's almost, you know, it's uh, I don't know. I don't know why like literally because it's it's Birdwells are a part of Southern California surf culture. No, I agree. I know
0: why I got flack. I don't know why I had no idea what they were. And then have you ever
1: heard of Channel Island surfboards?
0: No. <laughs> no. So I mean I got tagged in Birdwell's Instagram posts by people like, Hey, pay attention, here you go. I got emails, I got tweeted, I got comments on the website. Um, I I accept all of that. I have no idea why I flew like it flew under my radar or maybe I came across them and it just like didn't stick in my brain because I don't know I feel like I normally I'm pretty good at absorbing information and that's one thing that for some reason right, well but they've gotten more play by the way by me not knowing who they are in terms of promotion and advertising, they've now gotten tons of advertising out of it. Well, here's
1: so. another one um, from DC. SB I took this picture from a 1981 issue of Surfer Mag, so you can share with David Lee Scales you probably can't get them for $15 anymore and of course it's a picture of a Birdwell Beach Bridges print ad in Surfer Magazine
0: which by the way they're based in Santa Ana, California which is 10 minutes from your house it's in my backyard I mean literally it's like such a part of my life I don't know how I'm sorry Birdwells good God um, By the way, that previous email he said something about baggy rash. Is that
1: something that Birdwells are known for giving or not giving? Um, I think that any like nylon-based trunk after a long period of time, you're going to get a little rash gone.
0: Right. So maybe I'm not going to say that Birdwells give no. you a rash. Well, I was wondering why he was referencing that specifically. Maybe it was just like, oh, David's not even a surfer because he's never even had rash and he doesn't know what Birdwells are. Maybe that's the joke. That could
1: be it. Yeah. Um, Did you see the drama that continues to unfold around the big wave competition scene?
0: I want you to bring me up to speed on this. For the record, Scott texted me while I was out of town that he has breaking news on this story. And unfortunately, we couldn't break the news because we weren't recording. But it turns out all this information came out 48 hours after Scott already. Well, had I sent the it. I sent track. it to
1: Chaz Smith. Oh, okay. Is that I immediately what sent the info to Chaz Smith. I'm like, dude, you didn't hear it from me, but Twiggy's not invited to Maverick. She's like, oh my god, I love you. Now you're outing yourself. You <laughs> told him out. not to tell anybody, and then you. Well, out now the news is out there, and so it's like two weeks old, and everyone all forgot right. about it anyway. But so then it was on, I think it was on Beach Grit, like the next day or something. (laughs) But um, extreme exposure. So uh, this is on Sports Illustrated's website. And it talks about the uh, Grant Twiggy Baker being banned from the Mavericks, the Titans of Mavericks event. Um, Let's see if I can pick up a little bit here. Um, Let's see. It says... Titans of Mavericks officials have suspended defending champion Grant Twiggy Baker from this year's event. Stab Magazine reported that Grant Twiggy Baker and the Committee of Five, which is that group that makes the call on who gets in and when the contest runs, had a falling out after Grant Twiggy Baker distributed a petition to get former champion Peter Mell reinstated into the contest. Peter Mell, who is the Big Wave World Tour Commissioner, an entity run by the World Surf League, which last spring, by the way, tried to nab the Mavericks permit, was ba- Peter Mell was banned from the contest because of a quote-unquote conflict of interest. And in typical surf industry fashion, explanations of Grant Twiggy Baker's ban were convoluted, as few in that world like to air their grievances publicly. A commendable trait, by the way. Jeff Clark, part of the Committee of Five, told Stab Magazine that Baker had, quote, put other athletes and their involvement at risk by being associated with a petition that was circulated on behalf of Mr. Baker to challenge the C-5's decision on matters pertaining to the framework of their event protocol for the selection process. What the hell does that mean? I'm not sure. Anyway, Grant Twiggy Baker, the defending champion not in the titans of mavericks event from a fan's perspective we have peter mel and grant twiggy baker two former champions defending champions and two guys by the way who could defend if they were allowed in the event oh yeah not surfing in it from a fan's perspective david does this does this hinder your excitement about the event at all
0: it does it definitely does it i mean it they're basically isolating the mavericks of titans of mavericks event is kind of isolating themselves off into a corner by you know not including the best arguably some of the best big wave surfers in the world to compete in their event it's like they're gonna have a event of well i'll say this the the
1: other guys that are still in it are all worthy obviously but those guys want to compete against twiggy well that's the thing if you how can you Like, if you win this event and it's not – doesn't have Peter Mell or Twiggy Baker in it, can you really kind of claim it as – You get an asterisk. An asterisk.
0: So here's the other thing is those guys, I would argue, if you question them on this, probably side with Twiggy and Pete. Yeah, but they can't say that because they can get banned according to the Committee of Five. It's almost like like Nazi
1: Germany with the Committee of Five. But my point is
0: one person stood up. He got ousted. So then, another stood by his side, and he got ousted. It's not long until number three, four, five, and six stand with them, and then just go, "Hey, Titans! You guys, we don't need you anymore. We're going to do a big wave world tour event there instead, or whatever." You know?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I imagine it. I don't know how it played out. Of course, we just sit here in our little Southern California hovel, and we're not privy to what happens up there and the politics of each and every surfer. I'm sure there are plenty of surfers that are that are. You know, on the side of the committee of five, and the the committee of five. I mean, you can't argue with the makeup of it, right? It's I think it's Jeff Clark, it's Flea, it's um, a couple of other big wave guys up there that are you know it might be Grant Washburn. I don't know. I'm
0: not sure either. But if Jeff Clark's on it, then that's I mean, he's legit. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Flea's
1: won the event two or three yeah. times, so. But but I agree with you. Like, from a fan's perspective, it feels like, what about us? Like, I feel like raising my hand and going, excuse me, aren't I the reason that you're doing this event? And I bet they would say, you know what? You're not really. You're not the number one reason. The w- number one reason is to, to sort of put Mavericks and Big Wave surfing on a pedestal. And the fans obviously are coming second. I also
0: don't fully agree with the reason why – or I don't fully agree that they're justified in their reason to kick Grant out of the event just for circulating a petition to have Pete
1: reinstated? Well, it was obviously a power play, right? So you figure yeah, Grants Grant's going, Okay, you guys, if we get enough of you to sign this thing, we can get Peter back in the event and we'll all do the Titans of Mavericks event. And and obviously the you know, the committee of five is like, Hey man, you're usurping. That's my ego you're yeah. stepping on. But, and, but I don't think that's a good enough reason to kick him out. Because your I ego agree. got bruised. I totally agree with that. Like he'd have
0: to I, do I, something that would defame the event. You know what I mean? Not
1: I, I and maybe maybe there's some other stuff there that weren't we don't know about, you yeah. know, like maybe the petition was like, "If you don't let Peter in, we're all going to boycott, and at that point it's like dude we're we're trying to do the right thing for this group of big wave surfers, and just let our decision be the decision and be good with it, right, as opposed to like causing more turmoil. We're trying to get over the turmoil, like we can't seem to get out of our own way here that's the problem is that there's been multiple
0: uh bad things that have gone down or bad public relation kind of mishaps like this that have gone down in relation to this event. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn jobs free that's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free terms and conditions apply
1: if you're like a a, an executive at some you know media entertainment company and you're like hey we're interested in your event What's tell us about it what's going on who's the defending champion oh his name is grant toogie baker well why isn't he in it well because he was doing some stuff that i won't get into that was going to harm the event well yeah. You know, what was it? like, and, and who was the defending champion before that? Right. Oh, Peter Mel. Well, why, is that, why isn't he in it? Well, because he's the big wave world champion commissioner. Yeah. Well, so what? Yeah. Well, we feel that that's a conflict of interest.
0: Yeah, exactly. And the the other thing is like Twiggy's got a pretty glowing reputation.
1: Yeah. Like everybody loves him. He's done great things. Pete- well, that's the other thing that, that, that when you think about the Mavericks event, this is the event where all of them – At the end of the final or at the beginning of the final, they all hold hands, sing kumbaya. I go, you know what? We're going to split the money $60,000 six ways because it's all about us. It's about the group. And I really believe Twiggy feels that in his heart of hearts, which is why he's like, hey, man, if we as the surfers all join together here and do the right thing, which is have have Peter Mel in the event you know let's like he really believed in this community and this spirit of let's keep it all together and remember us guys we split the prize money together and it was all love and harmony and we all you know hugged and we went out and surfed those huge waves and it's always just been about us the surfers yeah and now he kind of got a big slap in the face like all those guys that were splitting money with you well now they're like sorry i can't help you
0: yeah i wonder how it falls out from here like I well, wonder if those guys because I do believe those guys are tight and they're friends, I wonder how many of them withdraw from the event. You know? I don't
1: think any of them do. I think they're all in they're all in it for the business, you know. Like Yeah, they don't have a lot of opportunity. business they opportunities, they to be don't. honest. And right. I don't like I'm not blaming them for right. you know, they have to make their decisions based on, you know, what their family situation is or whatever. Sure. But I there was a more to the press release that and Grant Twiggy Baker basically said, Hey, you know what, this is a good event. I, he kind of backtracked in a way and said, look, if I just um, do the right thing, I'll probably be invited next year. And it's really not about who isn't invited. This event is about who is invited. Mm. Those came from... so You got to love him, dude. A very um, you know smart, savvy PR uh, yeah. formulated line there.
0: Well, makes me love him more and makes me hate his enemies even more. You know what
1: I mean? I don't know if he has enemies. Even the you know what I'm saying, Gr- Griffin I mean... Gas, the cartel management, the guy who's basically running this thing. He said something like, "Hey, we want Twiggy involved in the event. You know, he's going to serve out the suspension, and we'd love to have him pass. This is just a one-year deal. We'd love to get him involved in 2017 or 16 or whatever. So they're trying to like kind of bring him back into the fold, but they're slapping his hand.
0: Yeah, I don't know, man. There's been a few snafus." in relation to that event. I'm not sure what's going on. I feel like we talk more about that event than we've ever seen. Like, Obviously, the event hasn't run yet, but um, what are you looking at?
1: I'm looking at a photo of Twig, and he's riding um, big waves at Mavericks, and he's in his Instagram, he says, I'm really looking forward to another big wave season. Hopefully, in the new and improved Titans of Mavericks event, I would have never have dreamed I would get a chance to equal the great Daryl Fleahab's record, but I'm going to give it my best shot, which means back-to-back victories, which is what Flea did. And, of course, this is a dated Instagram because we know he won't get that chance to be a back-to-back winner. Can you imagine the NBA going, sorry, Golden State Warriors, you're not allowed to be in the finals this year. Yeah,
0: (laughs) Yeah. because you disparaged or you wanted, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. weird. weird. Well... Totally unrelated to that, but related to what we were talking about earlier with professional free surfing, Dane Reynolds, and amount of money that he makes. Uh it's been released in the news that Dane Reynolds is no longer partnered with Quicksilver. Wow. It's a big, big story, dude. He was with Quicksilver. I think uh, Beach years. Grit
1: broke that news
0: too. Did they? Thanks to me. I didn't... Oh really? <laughs> Did you really have the inside no, track on that? No, I just oh, didn't. Okay. No, I didn't. Wow, I was impressed. No, yeah. So here's the deal. Okay. Dane's been with Quick for 12 years. Um, Kelly was with Quick for 25 years. And he split, as we know, last year. And then they Quicksilver filed for bankruptcy or Chapter 11 or whatever in um, the U.S. version of Quicksilver about two months ago. So they've been in the news for that. I guess Dane's contract was up for renewal in the next year, but they actually moved that date forward and said, basically, we don't have the money to pay you that we owe you, which is like $3 million a year for the last, I think, four or five years is what he was making. So they moved the date up to renegotiate, and Dane basically said, hey, I think then I will not sign this new contract at a lower pay rate. Um, I think I'm worth more. And so he decided to part ways with Quicksilver.
1: Interesting. What does that mean for Dane? Who does... I guess Dane's big sponsor is Vans, one of them, right? So does Vans just take care of Dane from head to toe, or does he, does Dane sort of, you know, part himself out, you know, like part yeah. Vans, part I don't know, I don't know, part, yeah, not Hurley, but I, you know, who I don't know who's out there that would well snatch up dane reynolds they so, vans has got the money to just go you're our guy we're gonna pay you extra you're gonna have to do extra work for us they've
0: but, made an offer to him oh vans what did. i understand is they offered him two mil for a head-to-toe deal two mil
1: two mil a year wow where did you get that info uh beach grit, beach grit.
0: well i think it was beach grit, actually i don't have the reference here maybe right. it was stab actually
1: all right so i'm not sure so but, he is getting less than if I he would have just signed stab. the quicksilver deal he would have got the same amount I don't know. We don't I mean, know what Vans. Is already... off- we don't know what Quicksilver offered. Right. We know okay. that he was
0: making three million. We don't know what the new offer right.
1: was. Right. But um, I so think two million a year from Vans is an upgrade from his old Vans contract. Absolutely, okay. because he was
0: only on the shoe program for right. Vans. But they do have a full clothing line, and that's what they would be signing him to. So Vans clothing. Yeah, like Dylan Graves is on the head to toe program. Wade Wade Goodall is on the head to toe program. Um, so, but I do think that Dane is worth less than he was worth five years ago. Like when he signed that $3 million a year deal, he was the number one most influential surfer in the world. He's no longer, and he's yeah, no yeah. longer putting out the amount of media that he was before. He probably know? doesn't sell as much product no, as he used to. No, sell. so two mil, he should be grateful for. And Does I think Wade Goodall sell product? Wade's been. In here's Australia, the thing. Maybe. Wade's, I think Wade is. Unbelievable, and one of the most underrated surfers. But he broke his femur three times in the last three years. Both oh. legs, one leg twice, obviously. Yeah. So um, he's been out of commission for a bit. But I, I mean, he's he's an unbelievable. Who's the surfer. other guy
1: on the vans head to toe? Dylan Graves. Which is does definitely... Dylan
0: Graves sell product? He definitely does.
1: Really, especially in Puerto Rico, he's. Puerto Rico, that's a pretty small region. No, but he's like... I know like, Dylan's a port from there, but... Yeah,
0: I, I'd say Dylan does, for sure. Oh, huh. what about all the Goudowskis brothers? They're all on the head-to-toe as well.
1: Do they sell product? I don't know. I just wonder, like... You, I mean, I know John John Florence moves Hurley product. I know that Dane was moving Quicksilver product. Yeah. I don't know that. I should backpedal. I don't know that for a fact, but my gut feeling is, based on my teenagers and the teenagers I see coming in and out of this house, Yeah, that... John John's an influence on those guys. I agree. Dane Reynolds is, was an, I agree, and still sure is, is an influence on yeah. my son and his friends. Yeah, um, I don't hear them coming in going, hey, I got to have Vans because Dylan Graves rips. I don't even think they know who Dylan Graves is. Right. No, that is a good point. Oh, by the way, speaking of this topic. Yeah. Luke Davis dropped from Reef. Yeah, I saw that. This kind of speaks to what I was talking this about. This is exactly you what I was we talking about. might have seven and a half million Instagram viewers, which is, I you know, I know... Di- Luke Davis, Luke Davis has got a lot. Like you were claiming he's got a lot, you know? Yeah. yeah. And 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 Luke Davis must not be selling product. Well, let's get into that dropping, story. A bit. If Reef's dropping him. Let's get into that story. His contract was not up. He
0: apparently what I read, and I didn't fully act I didn't ask anybody about this.
1: We're just making the shit. Yeah. Up no, you know? but like I could have.
0: I could have researched this and I actually I could ask Luke about it. I didn't, but I just
1: remember talking to you yeah, about he it. Used you used him as an example, and you were like, "Luke Davis has got so many Instagrams. He must." And I was like, "I don't think he sells product, man." Yeah.
0: Well, so what happened? From what I read, which was very little, was that he just had uh, uh, falling out with like one of the execs. Like he said something that pissed off one of the execs. Uh oh. And it was it was that personal. It was just like he that kid pissed me off. He thinks he's worth whatever we're paying him, f that and they basically tore up his contract. Ah. And I heard he was making like 200k a year or something, Ooh, which is that'll teach you. Pretty pretty legit <laughs> as a young man. Oh um, my
1: god. for not <laughs> competitive surfing you know How, has his instagram following gone up or down since the contract got ripped? it's off? funny
0: i noticed he stopped hashtagging just passing through on his post <laughs> which is the which is reef's thing yeah just passing um,
1: through <laughs> which is ominous that's uh, that's what happened to his contractor exactly, the shredder exactly just passing through like, the shredding lot, machine
0: there's a lot of humor there but um it now he's like posting stuff hanging out with I don't know quasi celebrities in Hollywood and Cody Cody Simpson I think is his name a musician he's pretty famous. Among, oh like, no no
1: um yeah I know who you mean um is that his name? No, it's Cody Lavos. No, no, no. no,
0: no. It's I'm pretty sure it's Simpson. I don't it's some know. blonde musician kid that oh. is like a big deal. He's hanging out with him and heartthrob boy wonder. Yeah, exactly. And. Um, Alec Baldwin's daughter as well. Like on that's Instagram. what he's doing. He's like, yeah, like parting
1: like, it up in Hollywood. Oh my god, that's so, a fast track to nowhere.
0: I don't know, man.
1: So that's not good for the for the mojo. I don't think. But who knows?
0: Yeah, I have no idea. I, I don't either. Talked to him for a long time, but. Um, but at any rate, yeah, that was, I thought about you with that in our conversation previously where it's just like Reef tore up his contract. Like who gives a crap? You know,
1: I see, I thought it was, I didn't know there was some personal stuff that happened. I thought it was like, they're like, this guy's not moving product. No, it Cause that, that was our, my argument with you was, are these free surfer kids moving product? You know, yeah. like John, John competitive moving product. Um, I would argue Owen, right? Probably moves a fair amount of wetsuits for rip Curl. Yeah, we know Mick Fanning yeah, yeah, yeah. does. Um,
0: G- Gabriel. I
1: mean, there's just so many of these quote unquote. And Teddy was Teddy Allen, the emailer that talked about free surfers. And what does that mean? Right. <laughs> there's yeah, so many of these professional, non competing professional surfers that I just don't know if they move product. Like, it's how does the industry afford justify a, it? I don't get it. Yeah. You know?
0: Well, I think like let's look at Dylan Graves as an example.
1: Insane surfer, insane surfer, charges pile like big wave rips. The guy's guy's a model in terms of comes from a family of great, like his dad and his mom are great surfers. But
0: my my tact on that is like the guy has model like good looks. Okay, so all we really need from Dylan is to get photos of him walking around with our board shorts on on the beach. Who cares how good of a surfer he is if that's actually just a bonus? Well, you
1: need that to be legitimate and core. But otherwise, you could could go to Fifth Avenue and grab anybody. But
0: that's my point. They're going to go to Fifth Avenue and pay a model a $10,000 a day day rate
1: multiple
0: multiple times a year just to model their clothing. Right. Or hey, Dylan, what right. they would equate to paying that model the day rate so five or six times he doesn't have a year. to move product. No, I gotcha. right. They're just using him as a model right. to, to showcase their board shorts. Yeah. If he also has core crediden- credentials which with Scott does. and I, be- which right. he does because he rips, then that's a bonus. You yeah. know, so that's what they're looking at.
1: That's interesting way to look at it. That, and that makes might a ton of L- sense. I've that, never, I never looked at it from that prism.
0: That might be how Pat kadowski's Fits on their team as for well. For sure, good-looking Southern for California sure.
1: kid who's a model for our product. And, and he charges, he yeah, done. And so what if he doesn't like move product via social media or the competitive arena? Exactly. He's done what we needed him to do. We need which to is be a nice guy, good-looking guy. Well, model. No, we need
0: we need a poster hanging up in Pacific Sunwear right. of a guy wearing our trunks. Right, he's, quintessential
1: Southern California, guy. and
0: he's that guy. Right. If he Makes rips sense. on top of that, perfect.
1: Yeah, well, he has to, but there's so many of those, right? Yeah. So that's easy to do. Yeah. So that's their equation, I think. What about Kanoa Igarashi making the WCT? We have a new North American, not a Hawaiian, a new North American that's on the CT along with Nat Young. Looks like Simpo. Maybe. Maybe, right? He still has Yeah. And Kanoa. And who am I missing? Anybody else? Maybe Kelly. Kelly. Yeah, maybe. Maybe Kelly. Probably as a wild card in some events next year. So we got five North Americans to root for to take down those Aussies and those Brazilians and those Portuguese and those Euros and the French and all of these others.
0: I'm a big fan of Kanoa. I've known him personally for a lot of years now, spent a lot of time with him since he was young. So I'm a big, big fan. How big of a step is it from the QS to the CT? It's a big step, and the QS events that he's killing it in are waves that are similar to Huntington Beach, which is where he's uh. from, where we're both from, and so you know it leaves a question in my mind. As big of a fan as I am about Kanoa, I'm curious to see him compete at Chopu and Pipeline and stuff like that. And so I he got chops, or have you even I seen him? I've never even seen him at any of these ni- spots. Neither have I, and so I don't know. And so I'm not disparaging at all because we're I actually find out. Maybe, believe, maybe he'll surprise us. Yeah, I believe in him. Um, and I believe like he's actually Quicksilver's his main sponsor, and they've really nurtured him through the years to make sure that he's going on trips to those places. But I've also, but I, they're not really actively promoting any of those trips because I think it is just training. It's like, let's send him there with the right people. It's a training ground. His professional track is com- competition. Yeah, right. We don't need to promote whether he did well. Free surfing, quote unquote, right, there right. or not? Let's just get him there under the radar. Run him through the paces. Is he a Quicksilver rider? Yeah, yeah. He's been on
1: quick his whole life. Yeah, but not just, his whole life. But. I'm just wondering what they're doing with him. Is he their new Dane Reynolds?
0: No, he's their new Jeremy Flores. or Well,
1: Kelly I mean, Slate. is he there? I mean, they can only pin their hopes to one or two guys in he, the competitive arena. Just one guy. But that's so. The Dane example would be right. But, my, but what I'm getting at is
0: he's their main guy. Who's their main guy? Yeah, I don't know. They, they, they haven't really flushed out a main guy yet. Maybe he will be it,
1: you know? It'll be interesting to see. They've it. got going to be a tough rookie year for him, I think. Yeah, I mean... But the thing is, he's so competitive. He's the most savvy competitor. Like, that's all he's done. Did you know he was in a contest with my son when they were like five years old, right down no, here at Cardiff? No. And his dad... And it was one of those things where we were pushing our five-year-olds into yeah. whitewaters for the, like, Rob Machado grom contest or whatever it was yeah and his dad he was the only kid that was outside with his dad and his dad was swimming and his dad was pushing him and he was like you know three feet tall maybe 45 pounds yeah (laughs) and i just i thought the kid was gonna drown you know like like, this is not safe yeah and all those other dads were you know we were shamed of course because of course his dad was outside pushing him into green water waves yep
0: i've seen him doing that routine a million times in huntington um so yeah, I mean I think to your point about being a savvy competitor, Kanoa's is going to go out there at especially places like the Gold Coast and some of the beach breaks on the event, he's going to post sevens and eights in every heat. Like he just will. That's what he he's does. He's got air game and everything. Oh yeah. 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 I mean that's he's like Nat Young in that respect. You right. know, he's just going to get sevens and eights. Right. And um you got to watch out when he comes up against Felipe who's getting tens and nines, so there's that, but he's a competitor you know? will
1: he be in awe of felipe throwing down these incredible errors right in front of him no where he's like oh shit i now have to match that on the next wave or does he have you wonder about that but i don't think
0: he will like he he
1: in the u.s
0: open this year he almost made both finals for the junior event and the he was taking yeah, out that's
1: home that's it his is- home
0: break that's but he doesn't get rattled by those. I've seen him in the QS events taking out a listers right. too. You know.
1: Right. So all right. Well, we've got him making the tour, and we're going to see other people fall off or get on here. In the yeah, next there's month. a bunch
0: of guys under the cutoff line, and a bunch of them because of injury, and they only have what? Two? Yeah, two injury wild cards, and we got um, Jordy there. We've got Dusty there. Yeah. We've got Matt two? Banning. Who?
1: <laughs> yeah. I know. I so, mean, I know who they are, but I'm just kind of like, God, there's so many. That's my thing. There are just so many good surfers. There really, are. and there aren't that many companies that can support all of these guys. And it's and I don't think the tour. By the way, how long? When does when does Zig Zarafi or Ziff or whoever the guy is that fund funds the WSL? At what point do they have their yearly meeting and go? Okay, there's another twenty million down the drain. Yeah, I don't know, man. (laughs) I mean, I was talking to a buddy. I was talking to a buddy, and you and I have had this conversation. Like, what does pro surfing look like? If, and we hope it doesn't happen, but if at some point the WSL just folds and they go, we're sick of writing $20 million checks. Like yep. my wife's not into surfing anymore. She's into whatever. What does the pro surfing look like? Who takes it over? Who runs it? Is it the ISA? Do, all, do the companies, does Hurley have one event? Does another, you know, Rip Curl have an event? Do we just have five events that are in separate areas and they each take total points from that? And maybe Vans runs the Triple Crown, and it's sort of the skeleton that it was when it started in 19... You know, when the ASP kind of rebooted in the 84 or whatever. I don't know. Very well could be. I have no idea. Interesting
0: stuff. I, know I have no insight into what's going on at the WSL currently. I mean, it, to me, it just seems like they keep doubling down. It seems like they invested in that production facility. They're putting out documentary now about Laird. Like, they're actually reinvesting into the brand. Do
1: you think that they're saying, look, the competitive side of the WSL, the tours that we run, if we can just get them to break even, and then we can do these other productions, which, oh, by the way, we know how to do. That's what we do. You know, we're TV execs or we're film industry people. We'll do these documentaries. We'll do these other productions. We'll start to generate revenue over here. That will run the competitive side and also create enough revenue to keep the business viable very that could be part of the strategy for sure
0: um and if they can just break even now i think that they can grow the core tours to where they would become more than profitable you know um one other quick comment about the quicksilver dane thing and um value of some of these non-competitive surfers professional surfers uh, beachgrid actually broke this story that craig anderson may
1: leave quicksilver as well Wow. See, now who picks him up? Like there's just – how many companies are there out there that can afford – Yeah. Maybe though just the price of, of, of being a pro surfer goes way down. Your value is – it's not like it once was. You know, right. all of a sudden, especially with Quicksilver going under, right? Like the industry itself is looking at each other and they're all in a room together at a SEMA meeting. And they're like, you know what? We should start ch- – paying these guys way less there's just such a huge talent pool Well, there is
0: a giant it was inflated for a while it was let's let's get realistic that these things are regressing to a realistic state the bubble burst and now we're kind
1: of like at a realistic level right so you know how many who picks up craig anderson who i think is quite marketable I think he moves product. I think the teenagers that go to their moms and go, Mom, I want what Craig Anderson's riding. I mean the hypto crypto model that Craig Anderson rides has done wonders for that shaper. Um Hayden. Hayden, yeah, Hayden shapes.
0: And it's influenced everybody else's shapes too. Like I, I literally like I visited a ton of board builders in Europe and All of them were like, yeah, I'm doing a lot of EPS now with no stringer because of the hypto crypto And we paint (laughs) the rails black. (laughs) Reinforcing the rails with carbon fiber. You know, like, that's what people want now. And so, I mean, it influenced everybody. So, yeah, you're right. Craig brought that. He's a marketable guy. Craig and Creed McTaggart, maybe, are the guys that brought that board to fame,
1: you know? More Craig, I think.
0: I mean, it's arguable. But, yeah. So, anyway, that's an interesting thought. I guess he signed his contract with Quick, but he's trying to get out of it, is what they reported.
1: Oh, all right. What else? Well, sadly, we had um, some dear friends of mine um, pass away at Swami's. Um, just you know, last weekend here, Kenny Mann, who is a longtime Swami's local, um, one of the founders of Moonlight Glassing, which was Moonlight was um, was a part of the Sunset Surfboards Glassing crew, and they broke off the whole back end of the sunset surfboards guys broke off and started moonlight glassing and um and you know of of course you may know i worked at sunset surfboards back in the day and so i've known kenny for a long long time as as have many he was a swami's local and um he was night surfing and and um they found his body the next morning you know the his board was broken the leash still attached to his leg and um Night surfing alone? Not, I'm not sure. There's They really don't – I don't have too many details on it other than sadly he's gone and he was night surfing. I don't know what happened, how it happened, if there was a heart attack or whatever. But Because that um,
0: information isn't out there. Nobody knows it. Nobody right? knows it,
1: right. Yeah. And then um, a couple days later, my dear friend Joy Froding, who I surf with all the time out there. She's a, a regular out there. She's always on the inside surfing with us and she's just a – was just the sweetest, and kindest, you know. Her name is Joy, and she always emitted joy. She was a, a wonderful person. Uh, always had a kind word, and um, sadly, she had a heart attack. You know what's interesting? Um, you know, Surfline technology is weird, right? Because you can actually go on Surfline and do the rewind thing on the Surfline Swami's camp and see her last wave. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I posted it on Instagram. I'm like, here's Joy's oh, last wave. It. And... She paddled back out and she complained that she was having a heart and she didn't feel good and she started foaming at the mouth. And all the surfers out there and everyone knew her and they grabbed her and came to her aid and took her to the beach and were working on her for 30 minutes trying to get her back. And it just didn't happen, you know. And um, so, so was all that
0: caught on the camera as well?
1: I don't know, you know. Um, Well, the camera's sort of focused on the lineup. I don't think it was on the beach, but
0: right. Um. Not to jump ahead in the show, but I was actually going to mention those two people as my Duke for the week. Oh, okay, Just yeah. because, I mean, we got to honor them, but also to kind of go out doing what you love, obviously. And I read somewhere that it, she said that was one of the best waves that she's gotten in a long time, you know? So it's like, got a great ride, and, you know, it's unfortunate what happened, no matter how you put it. But, you know...
1: Yeah, she was a local artist. She would send me stuff. Like I'm sure that somewhere around my desk here, there's some stuff of hers that she created. And um, anyway, just sad days for the Encinitas surfing community. That too. By the way, and Joy was the girlfriend of another Moonlight Beach guy, Mark Donlan, who's also a Swami's local. Who was, um, you know, another guy that worked at Moonlight, one of the originals. So the Moonlight. Community, The Moonlight Glassing Company. Yep. And the Christensen Surfboards, who now owns Moonlight. So they've been rocked a little bit, a lot, yeah. quite frankly. And um, yeah, so it's just kind of sad around here. You know, it is. It's super sad. Yeah. It's a bummer. So weird. I mean, anybody who's... And they're both too young to go.
0: Anybody who builds boards in San Diego County, it seems has come through moonlight glassing. Like everybody's worked at moonlight, you know? Yeah. So they're a huge part of the board building community down here. Absolutely. Really crazy, man. Sorry.
1: Yeah. What else do you got?
0: Well, the HIC, uh, pro happened at sunset, which is the, uh, qualifying series event leading into the triple crown. It's not actually part of the triple crown. Um, Right. This isn't the triple crown. No, no, this no, is no. not
1: the triple crown. The HIC. I want to say it's the. Isn't this the old XL Pro? There was. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. This, yeah. So it's it's like a locals. It's it's a H pack, which is the Hawaiian Professional Series, the H yeah. pack series. It's one of the H pack series that gets the Hawaiian locals that live on the islands there a chance to get into the, the triple, triple crown.
0: crown. Right. Ian Walsh won it. Um, I mean, there's. Not a tremendous amount to talk about with this event, but... The waves were killer. That's what I wanted to the point out. The It was like you sheet watch, glass. You watch the waves. Watch just the finals day highlight of the video or something like that. We'll all actually post it, surfsplendorpodcast.com. But the waves are so gnarly, dude. It's like you, you forget about Hawaii. We all talk about Hawaii in the wintertime. But then you watch this, and this is always the introduction into the wintertime Hawaii season. And you go... Those waves are gnarly. So difficult to surf. You know, like it's so shifty and powerful and like you're lucky if you can get a half a turn off. And some of these guys barely do and other guys do smashing laybacks into the lip like Ian Walsh was doing, but it reminds you of how daunting Hawaii is as a surfing destination.
1: Well, and Sunset Beach especially, you oh, know, we God. always talk about it this time of year, but Sunset Beach is a place where a bottom turn is is a maneuver, like it's a, oh, and it's yeah. and it's a fun one. Like it, you're covering, you know, seventy five yards with a seven eight buried, and and you're going Mach five, and and you've got all the speed. And you're coming up the wave face after you know engaging this bottom turn. And Sunset Beach is just an incredible wave, and it's a tough one to to be a good competitor at.
0: It's an animal, like. I love seeing it. I love seeing competitors getting smashed out there, and you see guys—the same guys that get eights in heats—can't find twos in their next heat. You know, it's like that wily of a of an arena.
1: That's why you know it's no secret that Kelly doesn't like that arena because it's because the arena itself becomes part of the competition, which is you and which I is spoke why we about. Love it. Yeah, exactly. Like it's good when the oceans. Attemptist,
0: uh, yeah, and it really highlights core fundamentals in surfing ability. Like you said, the bottom turns a maneuver, but like things that have been true to surfing from um, ancient Polynesians riding planks up until Mick Fanning winning world titles. Though there's kind of a common denominator of fundamentals that you need to have, and those things are what shine at sunset. There's other things that Felipe is doing that almost have no relevance to Duke Kahanamoku riding a redwood plank. You know, it's like almost an entirely different sport. Those things don't necessarily translate on the sunset canvas.
1: Sunset's like... And and that's, you know, and I always get into this conversation every year. It's like, sunset should be on the WCT because... It, it does offer that arena that's so different for, I think if you're going to be a world champion, you need to be, you need to at least put in some time out there, Yeah. you know? And so the Philippe Toledo's and these guys that are small wave wizards, um, you know, we need to see them cut their ch- cut their teeth a little bit Yeah. out in this big arena known as sunset beach. I mean, it's, you know, like I just think of Kong, you know, Gary Elkerton, that guy was like when you looked at him and you saw him surf sunset, you're like, that guy's a world champion. You know, like yeah. that, you know, if he can surf that and do that, it's West Peak at sunset. Then, yeah, I'm sure he can surf great at pipe. And, and yeah. when he sees lower trestles, he scoffs. He's like, <laughs> not, that's
0: not a wave. Right. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I think there's there's an argument to be made for that for sure. By the way, one thing that I will mention about that event is how amazingly good Jack Robinson surfs. Did you see him
1: surfing at all? I did see him surfing, and he's my, speaking of jumping ahead, he's my Duke. Oh, is he really? Jack Robinson is my Duke. Yeah. Um, Duke Kahanamoku for this podcast because, um, you know, you hear a lot about, oh, he's the next big thing. You know, like we've got Kanoi Igarashi, and you, you know, there's all these, Matt Banning, next big thing. All these new next big things, and many of them don't pan out for whatever reason. And Jack Robinson has been the next big thing for quite a few years. You know, he was twelve when he was twelve years old. You were going Jack Robinson. Oh, have you seen this kid? And of course, we saw him. Was it this year at the box where he just yep. kind of he wasn't even in the event, and he looked like the champion. He he yep. absolutely dominated out there during the quote unquote free surfs. My apologies right. to Teddy Allen. And and you went, God, and then you saw him at North Point, and yep. and you were just like, "Wow, this guy is insane!" You know, now he's seventeen, and he's like, he was laughing. He's like, "Yeah, this is." I, I look forward to these days. I know, and and so you have this big buildup, and he's coming through now, yep. which is the ultimate proving ground, right? Hawaii, early season Hawaii. I'm sure he's been there numerous t- numerous seasons, but early season this year, and he's. 17 years old, he's probably coming into his own. He went through puberty, he's getting stronger, and he's proving it. And, and so it's neat to see one of these next big things actually kind of look like, yeah, this guy is the next big thing, you know? He really is. He's legit. I mean, in all types of waves. And
0: there was a few moments in that sunset event that really reminded me of Andy Irons, to be honest. There was some, like, rail grab, gouging top turns that he was doing that I was like... That is Andy esque. And he's on Billabong now. Which yeah, we're watching a video of him right now. Look is that Andy? Like the bottom turn, that style cut carved down right there. His hair is kind of similar. He's got the Billabong sticker on his board.
1: Gnarly, I don't right? Know, looks more like Bruce to me, but I I see what you mean. He he Yeah, with the Billabong sticker and yeah, he he's got a little bit of um, Freedom to a surfing, you know? Yeah, whimsy. You know, five years ago, right, Andy died November 2nd. Yeah. And we're November 4th right now, yeah. so basically five years ago, just Andy Irons.
0: AI Day is what they're calling
1: it. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah.
0: So, yeah, Jack Robinson, definitely a
1: Duke. Keep your eyes out. And I don't have a kook because I just, I don't have anyone that I need to talk negatively about. Shame. Because, I've got a kook. Okay.
0: Um Do you know what the best-selling surfboard in America is currently?
1: Wavestorm! (laughs) Wavestorm, the kook of the week! Wow, they were
0: on, what, Fortune or Bloomberg? Yeah, fortune.com. Costco, the uh, Costco-sold soft-top surfboard known as Wavestorm has sold half a million units, scheduled to sell about 100,000 units this year alone. So that by a long shot, puts it out as the number one selling surfboard in America. Kudos to Wavestorm. And uh, I think actually there's a place in everybody's quiver probably for a Wavestorm. I end up going to the beach with friends and family every once in a while of people who want to just kind of like learn how to surf or go play in the water. And the Wavestorm kind of suits that need perfectly. And um leave it to Costco, obviously, to be the biggest distributor of anything, so it makes sense that it would be sold there. But it is a little disheartening that um, you know, it's not a board that's crafted by hand by one of the hard working shapers in the industry that we would like to see get that accolade. Do you have any thoughts on the wave storm? Are they uh. a kook or are they a
1: I think, kooks, or should we pat him on the back? Kooks ride them, I guess. <laughs> okay, I don't know. You know, I feel like, from an industry standpoint, you know, it could be argued that they bring, um, what's that term? They bring, like, they bring new people to the arena to, yeah. to buy, and eventually that person's going to trickle up, I guess. Sure, and buy um, a real surfboard. Yeah, you know, fair enough. That's a good and I think it. people enjoy. It. I think people catch waves. If you're catching waves and you have got a smile on your face, I shouldn't really care too much about it.
0: You gonna extend an invite
1: to them for the next boardroom show? Wavestorm is uh, welcome. Awesome. Yeah, they are welcome. Surfboards, anything that you know, anything that you ride, any craft, you're welcome. Awesome. Yeah. Do you have a must see moment? My must see moment is um, this Dave Rostovich little um, 15 minute sort of. Documentary? I don't know if it's a documentary. It's just sort of a slice of his life. Mm. What's the term for that in the I think slice of life is the term. <laughs> slice of <laughs> life. It's it's called Three Stones from the Sun. And it's a deeper look into Dave Rostovich's Bohemian lifestyle in the Byron Bay area. Have you seen this? I saw
0: it. I did not click play because it was fifteen minutes long. Yeah. It's made by Delusion magazine.
1: Right. Yeah. And Delusion is sort of this... I think it's French, isn't it?
0: Yeah. It's like a fashion or lifestyle magazine. Yeah, yeah. And they incorporate action sports. I know they've done skating stuff in the past, but they've made a few of these documentaries now. I've seen one on Dane Reynolds. I saw one on Andrew Doheny, and they were shorter. And so I watched them maybe a year ago. And it was like, I liked the aesthetic of it, but it was it was void of any substance,
1: yeah, it, it seems like it seems like the wrong format for it. you. It's like if you really want to get into this personal subject matter, I need more than fifteen minutes. I need an hour okay. long documentary. Like yeah. so, it's like either give me two minutes or give me the real deal. Okay. But this fifteen minutes, it just kind of glosses over concepts and it doesn't really give that's what the I chance remember. to dive into it. You know? So
0: that's what I remember from those other ones. Was it was like voiceover of andrew doheny talking about things but n- there was no through line to anything he was talking about and it was all random and not particularly poignant to me so i'm like how are they going to tie this together and then they show a couple clips of him surfing and a couple of him like strumming on a guitar and a couple of him lounging on the couch and it was just this kind of tapestry of random things that was it. Was like beautifully done, but I I didn't get it. It almost could have know? been
1: a marketing vehicle for a clothing company or something, you right? Know, like, and then it, it ended. Fartsy marketing.
0: Yeah, it ended, and I was like, "Well, I'm not. Why did I? What was that? Why did I watch it?" So then
1: <laughs> I feel but, dirty for some reason.
0: But then they released this 15 minute one on Rasta, and I go, "I love Rasta, but this is 15 minutes. It's a huge commitment for me on the computer watching a video." <laughs> yeah, and the past two ones I saw. are making me not wanting to commit to this one. So,
1: I don't know. What are your thoughts? Is it worth watching? look, I I think it's worth watching um, because they do, you know, you get, if if you don't know who Dave Rostovich is, you get a little bit of insight into this, you know, what his lifestyle's like, where he lives, what he's all about, you know. And he is this sort of forward-thinking, sort of progressive, you know, outside-the-box professional surfer. I mean, he's like this... That, that free surfer he that is. we talk about—the definition of it—he really is, and um, and he even like they sort of semi touch on the prostitution of surfing and what that means, which kind of makes me want to puke a little bit because yeah. it's like, dude, you know, you're getting paid right now. It's sponsored by Billabong, this thing, yeah, and it's kind of you know, I mean, I think it's okay to address that subject, but you really it's it needs to be done deeper than just. You know, like, glossing over it, I yeah, guess. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's like, there's a lot of substance there. Let's get into that. What does that mean, you know? and That's where I feel like they miss. Yeah. Is there's actually opportunity? I take it back. Maybe this isn't a musty moment. <laughs> maybe this is a must-miss moment. Yeah. I'm just a fan of his surfing, and there's some of him surfing a twin fin in there that's, you know, it's not the best Rostovich footage, but...
0: By the way, I saw Rasta in Portugal.
1: Oh, yeah? In Aracera, yeah. yeah. He was there with, um, like,
0: Dion Agius... They had like a whole crew there shooting, um, and they got epic waves, so I don't know when we're going to see that footage. Cool. Cool. My must-see moment is probably already seen by everybody, but it's the, the trailer for View from a Blue Moon. I've never seen that. Oh, my goodness, dude. John John Florence's new profile video that he's been working on for the last couple of years. Killer. You're not familiar with this? No. Oh, my gosh, dude. John John Florence partnered with Brain Farm, which is this production company that does these super high-end snowboarding and skate films they've done travis rice and um sean white and all these like literally three or four million dollar budget you know for this stuff so they've got helicopter footage drone footage um all on red cameras and they've been working with john john to produce their first ever surf movie it's voiceovered by John C. Riley. Strangely enough, who's that? John C. Riley. He's like a Oscar-nominated actor. He right. was in Step Brothers with Will Ferrell. He plays the oh step that brother. guy. Yeah, he was in. <laughs> That's where um, the budget went. That's he was in. Mag- he's in all of like Paul Thomas Anderson's movies, like Magnolia, uh, Boogie Nights. You know. Um. So actually, I don't know. Maybe he wasn't in Boogie Nights. I can't remember. Anyway. A uh, view from the blue moon, and it's already got 140,000 views on YouTube, 82,000 on Vimeo, and it's going to be released, um, I think, December 1st or maybe at the end of November or something. But the film looks insane. It's John, John, Florence. It's the best clips that he's put together in the last two years, shot in the highest definition available currently. And I mean, I was blown away by it. The visuals are stunning, but the surfing, some of these airs that he's doing, these barrels, he's getting shot out of pipe last year. It's just like, it never, ever gets old. John John is the man, but I i mean, he's so stylish. He's so radical. He's so loose, limber. Like, it's just, it's visual poetry, you know? Cool. I'm looking so forward I'm, to seeing that. I cannot wait till it comes out. And this This uh, just two minute trailer is must see. Cool,
1: yeah. I'm excited. Well, um, I think we've had a a good show. Nice. We're back. Getting back in it. We're back.
0: We are back with the. I know there's a lot
1: that's happened in the last month that we didn't touch on, but um, oh well. You know, David takes these vacations, and I'm just left here so hard. I'm just left here to deal with all the drama. Yeah, you are. Oh, by the way, yeah. Uh, Jerry Lopez will be the icon of foam. Whoa, whole honoree glasses. tribute to the masters, icons of foam at the boardroom surfboard show in Del Mar in the spring in 2016. But that is Jerry and I news. have been communicating, wrapping out, and he's excited to be the honoree, and I'm excited to to be involved with it.
0: That is huge news.
1: Pr- presented by U.S. Blanks, by the way, my friends. Awesome, Kim. And Jeff at US blanks. Sweet. Yeah. Well
0: that is huge, huge news. Congratulations. That is a good get.
1: Yeah. Jerry Lopez.
0: He's gonna take a break from doing headstands to come down and entertain us and he's a yoga guy, right? Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's a headstand. It's yeah. a
1: it's a yoga reference. I'm here. a big yoga guy. You that's right. You are. Yeah. Is
0: that how you called him in?
1: No. Started no.
0: chatting about no. downward dog or something? No. Um, no, well, that's awesome! Congratulations. Yeah, we're what's, excited. Do, about what's the
1: board going to be? We don't know yet. You know, we're still tuning. I'm toying with the idea of doing speed shaping, so bringing in all of the past champions and giving them 45 minutes to bang out a board, and then of those, there will be 14 people shaping and wow. speed shaping and side by side shaping bays. So it's a brand new concept. Brand new concept, and then of those 14 people. The defending champions, four of those will be chosen to go on to Sunday's final and we'll do a normal hour and a half session in the shaping bay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Rusty Preisendorfer kind of turned me on to the idea of speed shaping as a concept for this because he was talking about in the in the back in the day there was hardcore production shapers that, you know, made 20 bucks a board or whatever and the more boards they banged out in a day the more they got paid and there was guys like phil becker who would bang out you know nine or ten boards a day Hmm. and you know they had it down to a science and this is their this was their career man and they made pretty good money you know back then so it wasn't unheard of for a guy to bang out a board in 45 minutes and quality was still important. So oh, it's like you yeah. had
0: to make good boards in 45
1: yeah. minutes. Yeah, and these guys knew how to sling a planer around. So we're going to sort of harken back to those production days. Who's got the chops to bang out a really killer board in 45 minutes? And I, and I think from a from a, a consumer standpoint, from people walking the floor, it's going to be a lot of fun yeah. to see these guys try to bang out boards in 45 minutes. Right. You know, for, you got 14 different shapers to watch.
0: Well that's also true because for the consumer to watch an hour and a half shaping demonstration, they're not going to. Right. They're it's gonna watch lot. five minutes here, walk yeah. around, five minutes there, maybe they'll stick around you know, Yeah. come by to see the finished product or something like that.
1: Yeah. So this they could actually and, absorb and, a lot more. And then and we'll have as I mentioned, former winners. Former winners. So we're we're gonna have Matt Biolis, we're gonna have Wayne Rich, we're gonna have Mark Andrini, we're gonna have Pat Ross and We're going to have Ward Coffee. We're going to have Stu Kent. So, you know, all of these guys, Matt Calvani.
0: Those guys are there every year anyways.
1: Yeah. Put them to work. Yeah. We're putting them to work. Putting them to work.
0: (laughs) Rather than just enjoying the show, make them
1: work. Yeah. So we're chewing on that as a concept. I'm pretty sure we're going to move forward with that. I just need to touch base with Jeff and Kim at US and make sure they're on board. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, man. Well, um, anything else?
0: I think that's it. Have you by the way, real quickly, have you been getting waves around here in the last three weeks?
1: I haven't. I got some good ones this morning. I got a couple of you look kind of crappy this morning. Ledgy shacks this morning. Really? Yeah, lumpy wagons. Wow. Yeah. Look at you. yeah. I'm anxious
0: to get back in the water. Yeah, you should be. You need to get wet. Had less than twenty-four
1: hours, so Alright, great song to go out on. Alright, until next time, Adios and Aloha. All right. thanks again
0: for tuning in to the show. Thanks, Scott, for co-hosting. Also, I didn't mention anything in this episode about Fantasy Surfer, but obviously that's been going uh, for the last two WCT events. Congratulations to the winners of those. And make sure to get um, your team set for pipeline. We have a couple of weeks here until the event. Uh, shoot, maybe three weeks until the event. I think December 8th might be the first day of the window, so month basically um but get your team set get your payment in all that sort of stuff it's 10 bucks um per per event if you want to play men will be at pipeline the women will be at honolua bay so you can play both you can play one or other whatever you want to do uh surf splendor forward slash fantasy dash surfer is all the information for how to play and how to submit a payment via paypal if you want to do that all right um, I think that is all she wrote for this show. You know where to find all of our info on surfsplenderpodcast.com. The videos, everything we discussed, links to the articles uh, that we discussed in this show. We have a full music archive of all the music used in every episode of Surf Splendor on the website as well. And I think that's it. I always just encourage you share the show with friends because that's how this thing grows. Write a review on... Um, You know, iTunes or wherever you listen, whatever app you listen to this show on, that always helps other people to find the show, helps the show to grow, and we'll keep producing them and getting awesome guests. All right. Thanks again. We will see you next week. Until then, David Scales reminding you catch a couple waves and shred on.